Hello, and welcome to the Caring Congregation podcast, where we seek to educate and equip pastors and congregational care ministers to develop and implement congregational care ministry and to provide ongoing training and resources to existing care ministries. I'm Reverend Joy Dister Dominguez, and with me today is author Glennis Mellis. Glennis was born and raised in a little village in northern England. She is the author of multiple children's books, including the best-selling Twas the Evening Before Christmas, The Wonder That Is You, the four popular series Love Letters from God, Snuggle Time, Good News, and Little Mole. And her most recent book released in September of 2021, I Wonder, Exploring God's Grand Story and Illustrated Bible. Her writing reflects a deep passion for helping children discover joy and hope in the world. Glennis lives in Michigan with her husband, David. Glennis, welcome. We're so, so delighted to have you. Oh, thank you, Joy. It's wonderful to be here. Well, I am so excited for um, for people to hear about this book, I wonder. And I have read this cover to cover, and I just think it's uh, it's fantastic. And I cannot wait to read it with my son. Um, and I know that he is going to just, he's going to love these incredible reflections um, on on the wondering, uh, wondering of God's creation, of of God's story, which is also our story. And so I wonder, <laughs> what gave you this inspiration for this book? Right. So I have a passion for children's ministry. I've been, I, I became a Sunday school teacher when I was 16 years old in England. I did it for my dad, wow. to please my dad, you know, yeah. but um, I just fell in love with being able to teach children about Jesus and God and just help them along on that journey. And so here I am, like almost 50 years later, still um, heavily involved in children's ministry. And um, several years ago, at one of the churches where I was teaching in the Sunday school, I discovered a wonderful curriculum called Godly Play. And it's very popular in the United Methodist Church and I think in Presbyterian circles. And it's just, just this wonderful way to explore the Bible stories with little ones in a way that invites them to wonder. So Godly Play typically has a storyteller, someone who just tells the story, often using small manipulatives, little wooden figures, or maybe pictures sometimes and then after the story the children are invited to wonder about the story um, Mm -hmm. just in in quite mysterious ways in ways that you can't measure you know when I first was um, teaching when I first was a Christian education director when we came to the United States I had just stepped out of public school teaching in England, and so I was very objective-driven. You know, I would approach the Bible story as, okay, what are my objectives? What can children learn about God, about Jesus? And I was quite driven by, I wanted to teach them what I knew about God, Mm -hmm. how I knew Jesus. But when I discovered Godly Play, it kind of turned all that on its head, and instead, I felt like if I was driven by objectives, I wasn't kind of leaving room for the Holy Spirit, you know, and what did God want them 
to learn from this story that maybe mm. I couldn't even measure. And so godly play has these wondering questions after the stories. And so instead of, for example, if the child is learning about the calling of the disciples, mm -hmm. instead of asking something that can be measured, such as, so how many disciples did Jesus have? Instead, you ask something like, I wonder what it felt like to be a disciple of Jesus. Or I wonder if Jesus still needs disciples. Yeah. You know, and when you frame the questions that way, there are, there's no right or wrong answer. It's not closed, it's just open-ended, and it just invites children to really discover who God is for themselves. And so that's, Godly Play was my inspiration behind I Wonder, exploring God's grand story. So after each of the stories, there are about three wondering questions, um, yeah. and that's the heart of the book. Yes, yes. Well, and these questions are excellent. Like you said, for the calling of the disciples, it opens the children's imagination, which is what I love. One of the questions you have for the end of this section, I wonder how I could help poor people. And it's amazing how children have such incredible imaginations. Mm -hmm. And this is where we're able to see with childlike wonder and faith the world in in just a new light a new through a new lens and so this it's so it's so powerful I, i'm i'm excited to use this in in my local church uh, it's exciting obviously you know we're in still in the middle of a pandemic and i wonder how um we can help children discover this joy and hope in the midst of the pandemic through through wondering questions, through the lens of, of these questions through scripture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, what I would say about that, Joy, is first of all, yes, we were still living through this pandemic. We all thought, we never thought it would last as long as it did. And we, you know, we never um, imagined that would be variants that keep cropping up. So the first thing I would say is, Yes, there is always joy and hope to be found, but I think it's important as educators, as parents, as grandparents, anyone who nurtures children, to acknowledge their fears and their anxieties and to walk with them, you know, not to not to dismiss it, not to be frivolous about it, like, but it, you know, it'll all be okay, or um, it's not as bad as all that. I think it's really important to come alongside children and mm, share yeah. your own fears with them, you know, and how you are feeling so that they feel safe to share mm -hmm. their own worries, you know. Mm -hmm. but, um, so, yeah, being able to use these wondering questions. Um, and, I mean, there are, there are stories in the Bible where people thought it was the end. And yeah. They were in a dark place. Sure. You know, Jonah, such as Jonah, you know. I mean, who knows if that really ever happened, but if it did, he was in a dark place, but it, it wasn't the end. There's there's always hope to be found, and sometimes that hope is in the darkest place, like the two, mm -hmm. you know, where Jesus was dead and gone, mm -hmm. but yet Mary goes and finds the hope. 
um, mm-hmm. that she she couldn't see before. So I think the, some of the stories themselves, I hope, will help families and parents to um, realize that there is always hope to be found, even in the darkest place. Um, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. What a beautiful message. I think this is an incredible tool that will help parents, youth ministers, youth directors, uh, children's directors, uh, pastors, care for children in this difficult time. I'm looking, I've got the book in front of me and I I flipped to Jonah and I love this. I wonder if there's any place where God couldn't hear my prayers. Right. That's beautiful. That is so beautiful. And like you said, when we ask these questions, we're able we're able to see how these stories of the Bible intersect with our stories here and now mm-hmm. in 2021 in the middle of a pandemic, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe where children aren't able to go to church because, um, you know, the church is worshiping from their homes um, or perhaps um, perhaps children are quarantined home from school. And mm-hmm. so reading these stories and asking these wondering questions um, is is incredibly powerful. We hope that you're enjoying this episode of The Caring Congregation. Be sure to check out our website, thecaringcongregation.com, for information on our books and additional resources. Also, if you've missed any of the podcasts, you can go back and listen to them on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. We hope that you find this helpful and informative. Be sure to share this podcast. And now, back to our episode. How can parents help to cultivate a culture of wonder? Um, obviously, this book, um, but also just in in life in general, and as as the children are are um, are growing. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's it's incredibly hard, really, for parents in this day and age, where you know the world expects us to entertain children all the time and keep them occupied, you know, gainfully occupied, whether it's being involved in sports or, you know, going to church every week. Um, We are pressured in so many ways to be busy people, aren't we, you know, and there is so little time just to be. And I I think if, if parents can try in whatever way makes sense to them, even just to, um, I think it's good for kids to be bored, you know, not to fill their every minute with activity. Sure. Um, so even I think the place where I find it easiest to wonder is in God's wonderful world is outdoors, you know, yeah. so being able to just take a walk together and appreciate nature. Um, I think children are natural wonderers anyway. Children are the one who, like my little grandchildren, um, they're the ones who spot the robins on the rooftops and who collect pine cones and who notice rainbows, um, you know, after the rain. Children have this natural instinct to see things and appreciate things that we as grown-ups, we just take it for granted. Um, And so I think 
get outdoors, be outdoors as much as you can um, without your phone. I am addicted to my phone, you know, as a author, <laughs> part of my job is to market my books. And so I spend a lot of time on my phone, but I, so I know how hard that is, but I find anyway, if I can be outdoors, walking, I love woods and water. And sometimes I just don't, I love to take photographs too. <laughs> I went to the Holy Land. I've been a couple of times with my husband, who is a pastor. But the last time we went, our tour guide said, you know, you want to take tons of photographs in Israel. But he said, put your phones away. I want you to use your soul camera. Ooh. And I look, I've never forgotten that, that we have a camera in our soul. And mm. we sometimes just enjoy the moment for what it is. Mm. Um, especially when you're outdoors and with your kids. And just enjoy doing nothing really just enjoy being with your kids and being outdoors in in god's world i think mm. that for me anyway that's that's a really good way to help me to wonder mm. that's beautiful i wrote that down soul camera i know don't you love the idea of I it do yeah so being I, in that present it, moment yes it, it is helpful um Often, you know, I'll see it. I love trees and I'm always taking pictures of trees, but sometimes I'll think, no, just leave your phone in your pocket and just look at that. Look at that. Sure. It does make a difference. Yes. And I think that's, we can model that behavior for our children. I, I notice my six month old, you know, if I'm on, if I'm holding him and I'm on my phone, he wants to grab it and he, he looks at it. And I have this moment of like, I'm teaching him already that this device is important and I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and so I've had to, I've had to pay more attention to my own actions. Um, so you're right. I, I think that we need to be able to put that and just be. And so I've, I've tried to do that in the morning, especially no TV is on. Just, it's just silent and it's just, um, the two of us together, you know, he's after he finishes his bottle and we can just be together. And now that, now that the weather's going to get cooler in Texas, <laughs> um, we're going to be outside a lot more because he's captivated right. by the trees and right. just to be, and that is where our soul can be at rest in God um, and with one another. Um, yeah. So I like that idea of the soul camera. And what you That's said beautiful. too about we are models for our children. That is so true. And so I, I think another way to um, encourage that wonder really is through picture books and reading is, you know, because there's nothing like just cuddling together, snuggling yes. together and just reading and looking at those pictures, um, mm -hmm. modeling reading and mm -hmm. love of books and literature. That's a wonderful mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. that, that can take us away from the stresses and the pressures of the world. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you have 15 stories from the Old Testament and 15 stories from the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm curious how you picked the stories. Um, are there any that you wish you could have included, but you couldn't? <laughs> always, always. <laughs> um, my publisher um, is published by Zonda Kids. And right from the beginning, they said, 
it's going to be 30 stories. So that was, you know, it was 30 stories that I had to work with. Well, there are so many wonderful stories in the garden. So it was a bit hard to choose. Um, Sometimes I kind of cheated a little bit. And what I did was I took, for example, the story of David in the Old Testament. I did, there are so many wonderful uh, features and stories in David's life. And so what I did, I kind of rolled them all together. I started with him as a little shepherd boy out in the fields and how maybe when you read Psalm 8, you know, uh, that David um, support, is supposed to have written, you know, when I think about the the moon and the stars, what what is man that you are mindful of him? I feel like as a little shepherd boy, he must have been lying down in the fields looking at those stars and the moon. And later on in life, he would pen those words with his harp, you know. So, so I started in in the fields, and then um, as he is anointed, and then of course David and Goliath. You have to any children's Bible story, but you can't get away with not including David and Goliath. But but what what was wonderful to me, Joy, in that story, and what I find in this mysterious process of writing is that when I was writing about Goliath, so they're in a valley, they're in a deep valley. It was the Valley of Elah, it was called, mm-hmm. where he faced the giant. And then what happens, we, we find Psalm 23, again written by David, even though I walk in the valley, of the shadow of death and he Mm -hmm. so i felt like oh my gosh he he was writing from experience he's been in that valley of the shadow of a giant you know and so then i finished david's story with a rewriting of the 23rd psalm so there maybe there's five stories all rolled into one you know and the same with the resurrect um the the story of jesus's last days i kind of rolled it all in how um Mary anoints his feet, there's the Last Supper, there's Gethsemane, there's the um, the crucifixion, and I put all that together. So that was kind of how I got around 30 stories. But in terms of do I, yes, I would have, one thing that drove me, well, two things that drove my choice of stories. One was, since it's called I Wonder, I really wanted to include stories that make like mysterious stories that make me wonder that might not necessarily be included in other children's storybook Bibles, such as Elijah in the cave when he's terrified for his life and God comes not in the earthquake or the wind or the fire, God comes in the whisper. And Mm -hmm. that's a great thing to wonder about, that our great God can just be a whisper. You know, so wondering stories were my first driving force. The second thing is I really wanted to include the women of the Bible because we are underrepresented. You know, Mm -hmm. it's very important to me to include that. And so, for example, the story of Moses, again, you have to have Moses. He's a pivotal character. But I actually wrote Moses' story from Miriam's perspective. His sister, who watched over him as a baby in the River Nile and was with him on the banks of the Red Sea much later in their lives, you know. So 
that was another driving force. How can mm -hmm. I include women in ways mm -hmm. that um, will encourage children to appreciate that there are as many women in the Bible mm -hmm. as there are men, you know? Yeah, I think this will be an excellent uh, opportunity for parents to also learn some of the stories that perhaps they didn't learn as a child. Mm -hmm. One of the questions I get as a pastor uh, from parents is like, well, I don't know the Bible very well, so how can I teach the Bible to mm -hmm. my to my children? And I think that parents can uh, or, or guardians, even grandparents can sit down and learn these scriptures right alongside their mm -hmm. children, their grandchildren. Yeah. Um, right. Read them together. Yes. And learn together, learn yeah. together. Um, so like you said about including women, I think that's excellent. I also appreciate that you have inclusive language for God. Mm -hmm. um, I, that was one thing that really <laughs> I, I appreciate. And, and I know um, many of our listeners will as well. Um, I also, I, I love the illustrations. Mm. They are rich with color mm. and imagination. And so can you talk a little bit about the illustrations and the illustrator for this book? Yes. Um, so it's an interesting thing. As an author, you are not typically involved in the choice of illustrator. So it's a little scary, you know, because it's like, you give your baby over to your editor and you don't know how it's going to come back. Well, <laughs> um, actually, for this project, Zonda Kids did ask me if I had a vision for the illustrations. And my, my one thing was, since I wanted to cause the reader to wonder, I also wanted the illustrations to be able to cause children to wonder. So mm -hmm. if you were a non-reader, and you just looked at these illustrations, would you, would they make you wonder? And they really do. They're, as you say, they're colorful, they're vibrant. The illustrator is called Alessandra Fusi. She lives in Rome. We've never met, although we conversed a little bit via social media. <laughs> and I know she's excited about this project too. But, um, yeah, she really took my words and brought them to life. And I mean, the cover, you know, when I first saw the cover, it's like, oh, my gosh, that is so beautiful. You know, it is. Yes, yeah, she captures you. Yeah, she did an amazing, amazing job. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I also think, too, um, from a pastoral perspective, thinking of how do you teach these stories for the appropriate age level? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, right? There's some really difficult stories in the Bible. Oh, absolutely. And there are some things that perhaps are not quite age appropriate for a five or, or six or seven year old. Right. And I think you did such a beautiful job. I'm looking at the story of Abraham and Sarah mm -hmm. uh, as an example. Mm -hmm. And I think you did such a great job of making this age appropriate. And um, and so I wonder, as you are writing this, obviously, as a grandmother, you have experience. <laughs> um, what what went into thinking through what is appropriate for certain age levels and to have these conversations? Mm -hmm. Well, as you say, you you as an author i i have to be really careful that a i'm 
I'm only writing things that like, I believe it. You know, I the picture that I paint of God, um, I need to be very careful with. And so I know that you are um, invested in care for children. Well, I think number one, um, it's a very caring thing to present a God of love and a God of hope and a God of peace, not a God who is angry. And as you say, the Old Testament, it's full of these crazy stories. I mean, who among us, like you're a pastor, my husband's a pastor, we don't understand that God of anger that is sometimes portrayed. And so I feel as an author, I have to, I have to paint a picture of the God of love who I know and then let the parent um, progress that in the way that they see fit. Um, and to be able to read the stories ahead of time, I think is helpful for parents to make sure they're not going to come across a paragraph that they think, oh, I, I didn't think that would be there, or I'm, my child's not ready to hear that. Sure. So I hope that, as you say, like for Abraham and Sarah, or, you know, a really tricky story is... Um, the death of Jesus, it's scary. There are some horrible details. And I did not include any of those. I just tried to write, be true to scripture, but be gentle about it. So, yes, Jesus dies, but there's no nails, there's no um, flogging, there's no crown of thorns. There's just Jesus died, and it was sad. But that's not the end, you know. So for parents who want to go further with the details, of course they can. But I just tried to gently pen the stories so that um, so that the, ch the child will be drawn in to this God of love and then let parents um, extend the stories with as much detail as they want. That's beautiful. Absolutely. And then I love at the very end, I wonder about you. Yeah. Because the story's <laughs> not over. I love right. that. Right. Well, you know, I think God always wants a response. You know, um, I, I feel God reaches out to us all the time and wants us to respond. And so it was important to me to include an epilogue. I wonder about you. You know, um, I wonder if God's Holy Spirit is with me right now where I might find it easiest to listen to God. I wonder what great things God will do through me. You know, mm -hmm. so I re my role in this Bible is really just to guide and mm -hmm. encourage, not to indoctrinate, not to teach, just to invite. Um, invite the child to find out where their part is in God's mm -hmm. grand story. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It is It is a beautiful piece of work. And I am incredibly grateful um, for your um, calling that God has placed on your life and for you following um, to provide such remarkable resources for parents, for pastors, for, for teachers, for educators, for uh, grandparents even. I know my, my mother loves this. She loves this as well. And um, I am I'm so grateful. Um, so how can people follow you? Where can people get the book? Uh, we'll put it all in the show notes, but let us know right now. How, how can we follow you and learn more about your other uh, books that you've authored? Thanks for asking that. That's a really important question. 
I am easy to find on all the social media platforms because I'm honestly and truly the only Glennis Nellist in the whole world. <laughs> I used I love to hate, yeah, I used to hate my name. Now I love it. Oh, so, yes. so really and truly, my website is glennisnellist.com. It's G-L-E-N-Y-S, and then Nellist N-E-L-L-I-S-T. GlennisNellis.com is my website. I'm on Instagram. I have a Facebook author page and I'm on Twitter. And I would love to connect with any of your listeners. Um, I also have, because I was a teacher in my former life, I love to write free resources that parents and children's ministers can download. So there is a 35-page free downloadable resource available with this book. It has, um, oh my God, goodness, lots of things, activities for older kids, younger kids. Awesome. Yes, bookmarks, book plates, and also a sample lesson. I took the creation story and wrote a sample lesson for our children's pastors, Sunday school teachers, which could be adapted for any of the 30 stories, kind of based on that godly play model, a Montessori approach, really, yes. that where you just present the story and then let children choose their response. So that is available on all my social media channels. I can give you the link to that pack, Joy, and then you can include yes, it. And absolutely. There's a, yep, and there's a separate coloring um, sheet pack also. Eight oh, fine. Coloring sheets from the book. So I hope that will be a useful resource for your listeners. Absolutely. And I will link all of that in the show notes. Glennis, thank you. This has been such a pleasure to talk with you and thank you for, for your hard work on this. We appreciate it. You're so welcome, Joy. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today for this week's episode. We hope that you'll tune in next Tuesday morning for a brand new episode as we continue to dive deeper into care with children and their caregivers. Be sure to check out our website, thecaringcongregation.com. Until then, may God bless you and keep you.